welcome to No Challenges Remaining. I'm Ben Rothenberg. I'm in Florida, where we are reaching the business end of the Miami Open with a great women's final booked between Naomi Osaka and Iga Swiatek on the women's side. The most recent pre-Ash Barty number one versus the incoming number one post-Ash Barty. Uh, and also Carlos Alcaraz is continuing to dazzle on the men's side. But on this episode, I want to bring you a conversation a bit away from the tour to put a cap on one of the side plots of the past few months in tennis, which is the Oscar campaign led by Venus and Serena Williams for King Richard, the movie about the origins of the Williams family as tennis world beaters, for which Will Smith did, in fact, on Sunday, win the Oscar for Best Actor. Uh, for this, I went up half an hour north or so of the Miami Open to Boca Raton and the Rick Macy Tennis Academy, which is a major setting of the movie talk to Rick Macy himself. Uh, Rick's role in the Williams family's development has often been overlooked in their retelling of the legend. So to say he's been gratified by the movie and the chance it has provided to him to reunite with the Williamses uh, is an understatement for sure. So you probably noticed there was a recent federal law announced that if you have a podcast, you are required to discuss Will Smith slapping Chris Rock at the Oscars. So we will discuss that a bit as well. Uh, also, one note, also, although it's a bit of audio interference, I hope you enjoy the moment where the new national anthem of the Macy Academy starts playing over the loudspeakers as much as I did. Here's my conversation with Rick. Fire away. If you got the questions, I got the answers. All right. Rick Macy, thank you for having me here uh, at your academy here in Boca. Being here, seeing all the changes you're making and all the photos that have that are now going up in the poster from the movie and stuff like that. I was here once, I mentioned briefly, like maybe three, four years ago. How much has this movie changed your your business and and your life and being being on the big screen like this in this in this big blockbuster you know Oscar nominated Oscar winning now uh, movie? Well, there's there's definitely been an uptick. You know, there's been you know a few more phone calls, a few more people stopping by wanting to photograph. A lot of adults just want to lesson with me. You know, just in uh, a photograph or whatever. Uh, but I've always been busy. I was teaching 50 hours a week before the movie, and I've always been one of the busiest guys in the country, even prior to the movie. But I think the movie really told the true story of how, you know, I took a chance, a big chance, put a lot of money into this thing, and it showed how much I cared. It showed, uh, like, Venus Serena were like my own daughters, and Richard was my best friend. So. Uh, the movie was amazing, but I think people outside of tennis, a lot of people in tennis know that, you know, I coached Venus Serena for four years. I took Venus to make her debut. But I think hundreds of millions of people around the world, and this was 30 years ago. Some yeah. people weren't even alive. So I think, you know, that alone, uh, people look at it differently. But no, it's made, it's made a big difference with stuff off the court. And what I mean by that, uh, I've been cocked contacted by a couple of people in Hollywood about a reality TV show. Hmm. I think they've seen Rick Macy in a different light. They never knew who I was. Yeah. They, they obviously seen everybody I've coached and they kind of know what I do and, you know, the way John Bernthal played me and, you know, the way I coach and stuff like that. So uh, that's, that's on second base with a few situations. Uh, documentary about my life. I mean, that's kind of in the works. Um, some motivational children picture books. So there's some other things other than all roads leading back to the academy, because obviously there's going to be, you know, more people come and stuff like that. That's always going to happen. But at the end of the day, uh, I still want to be on the court seven days a week, 
doing what I do. And as I tell everybody, um, you know, I don't, I don't just change grips, I change lives. And uh, that's kind of what I want to do. And I always keep my eye on the ball. So things have changed a little bit around me, but at the end of the day, I'm still going to do exactly what I've been doing. I know reading reading your book, Macy Magic, you know, there was, I think you had some disappointment maybe sometimes that the story of Venus and Serena often got kind of condensed into just being going from Compton to center court, yes. right? And skipping over uh, a lot of work they did with a few coaches, foremost yourself, uh, outside of their family, the journey to Florida, and having that be such a big part of the King Richard story, that chapter of their lives. How gratifying was that for you to, to have this place and, and your work uh, uh, spotlight like that and, and in the origin story of a sort of superhero origin story that we get in this movie yeah no it was big time because it's it's the truth you know what I mean and I think whenever it's about the truth that's really all that matters and it showed me going to Compton and it showed you know us doing the deal and me taking on the whole family um, it showed me taking Venus to her debut and you're right it's always sounded better from Compton to center court because people will kind of lose track of it especially as Venus and Serena become more iconic and win more titles, and the dad's obviously the coach and stuff like that. Uh, but from age 10 to 15, those are the cards you're dealt with for life, you know? And, you know, that's an integral part in any children's life. And to create that environment, not only with myself four or five hours a day, but with hitting partners and Taekwondo and boxing and ballet and everything that went into that, um, for her to be hibernating, for three and a half years at Rick Macy Academy and then walk off the street and, and beat 57 in the world and almost beat number one, something happened. It wasn't drinking the water. So <laughs> I think that came loud and clear. Um, so yeah, sure, it makes me feel good, but I told people all along, I just reload, I restock. You know, I've had so many kids win nationals. I had many people after that go on, you know, win grand slams and stuff like that. But obviously, Venus and Serena was different simply because it was more like family and I funded the project. So um, it is gratifying to come full circle and then uh, to not only come out in a movie, but then to reunite at the red carpet yeah. with Venus and Serena and talk about stories. We were laughing and crying and hugging. It was just, it was amazing, you know, to just go back, especially Serena, because she's a mom now, so she can relate to that time. And when I was telling her stories about how she was a little prankster and how she was always goofing around, she was going, she said, Rick, you're the only one that's allowed to call me Meek. Her middle name, Serena Jamiko, other than my dad. Yeah. And then to reunite with Richard. So uh, it's, it's just, listen, I, don't, I never sat around and thought about it. It didn't like bother me, because I just planned for tomorrow. But to have that come full circle, it's been amazing. What, what was it like seeing them after so long? Because I know, because you obviously spent so much intensive time with them in that very formative period of their lives and then didn't see them largely for, you know, decades. Yeah. And so to come back in this obviously unique environment of a movie, you know, tour, premiere, kind of promotional scene, what was that like for you just to sort of have a reunion and that bring any sort of uh, closure or anything like that for you? Well, not so much closure. I don't really look at it like that. But, you know, I've had a lot of amazing days in my life but that was one of the most amazing. Because you gotta understand, it wasn't just like I coached them. We were family. And I think that came across the movie. And that's from their end. They told the, the true story, you know? And, and so uh, we were like that. So yes, to, to have that and then be able to talk about everything. 
Because remember, they were little kids, relatively speaking, 10 to 15. And they were looking through things as a teenager's eyes and they probably didn't even remember half this stuff. So yeah, it was more than gratifying to do that. Um, and then, you know, uh, even Serena, she has a little one, who knows? She might be coming here to the park, I might be teaching her. So yeah, it was like one of the best days of my life, but I've had a lot of great days, but to, to see where they ended up with their careers and knowing um, how much I invested in this um, and then to reunite and put it all back together was incredible. One of the biggest things that tennis fans or people who know tennis appreciated about the movie was the actress who played Venus and how close to Venus's technique she was able to get despite being, I think, the actress being left-handed. Yeah, it's a nice Sydney. Like, what you obviously know Venus's game technically, especially that age, better than anybody. Yeah. What did you see in how they were able to replicate the tennis? Because sometimes in tennis movies, the tennis is kind of dodgy. Yeah. But in King Richard, they they got that part right. So, what what were you think the keys to getting that right? And if you can sort of talk about Venus's game at that point and what sort of the signatures of it were that were yeah. reflected on the film. First off, great question. I'm glad you asked me that. I actually, when I went to uh, LA, I gave Sanaya Sydney a lesson. Mm -hmm. They actually reached out to me because she came so entrenched with Rick Macy in the movie, they had to meet me. And so we set up a phone call and we talked one day for 45 minutes and I said, when I go to LA, I'll, I'll give you a lesson. So we got a private court in Pasadena and I gave her a lesson and when I went on the court, it blew me away. I'm sitting there going, this is crazy stuff. She was holding the rack like Venus. She put her hands down like Venus. She had this little hitch on the forehand like Venus. The service mode, it was cloning on steroids. I, it blew me away. <laughs> yeah. Then when I heard she was left-handed and had to learn to play right-handed, and she wasn't even an advanced player. You gotta understand, that's a whole different animal. It, it just showed me the details of Warner Brothers that they put into this because if someone even hits the ball wrong, Mm -hmm. You're going to say, whoa, it looks kind of fake or it doesn't look that good. But it looked exactly like Venus. All these little idiosyncrasies. Because there was a lot of things technically or biomechanically with Venus. I wanted to change, but I didn't because it was kind of natural. Yeah. And that's the art of coaching. Not a wrong way or right way. There's a better way. And But Sanaya Sydney, little Venus, her imitation of Venus's strokes it blew me away to the point where I wanted to change her forehand. Listen to this, this is crazy. I wanted to show her the ATP forehand. Okay, kind of like the guys hit it. And the first couple of balls she hit, she hit it so much harder than she could ever imagine. And even her agent, manager Constance was there, goes, oh my God, I think the ball went off the fence, but she got so much power, but she was so into the character of Venus, she goes, Rick, I want to hit the ball like Venus. Yeah, that's not I, a Venus forehand, yeah. She, she wants to hold on to that forever. And then I kind of got it. But to answer your question, uh, it was mind-boggling. And I think that's just another piece of the puzzle of why King Richard, besides being inspirational, motivational, it's about dedication, education, perspiration. The <laughs> tennis part um, was so spot on. Now, obviously, Will and John fed the ball a little different than I would or someone else. But listen, at the end of the day, the way the people hit the ball, epic. What, what do you think in terms of the, what were the things you saw in the movie? Because you knew this family, like you said, it was a family business. I mean, they're tennis, they're a family affair, the whole thing. And you were part of that family dynamic for them for so many years here. What, did, what were the sort of signs of warmth? And obviously, you know, Isha was very hands-on with this movie. Venus and Serena were executive producers of this movie. 
what were sort of the smaller things that you saw also, maybe in terms of the off-court scenes or something that made you feel like, wow, this is actually, these are the people I knew. This is the sort of the family environment that I, that I knew so closely. Yeah, you know, because Isha was the one who kind of told the story. You know, they didn't really talk to Richard, and I'm sure they did Venus and Serena a little bit. But what was crazy, uh, John Bernthal told me, not only did they study all the tapes, Richard had more video than you could imagine. He videoed everything. He even videotaped me, kind of grilled me like I was in a deposition a few times. <laughs> he, he would videotape everything. But they read the book, Macy Magic, and that kind of tells the story when they left uh, Compton to come to Florida. They follow Instagram, you know, my Instagram, Facebook, sure. Twitter. They follow everything and they seen all the videos. So they had a lot of information, you know, but the way Isha told the story, cause she was there, her and Lindrea, all right? And they saw the dynamic between me and Richard and how, you know, I knew how to handle Richard. I tell people all the time, I should be in the Hall of Fame just for putting up with that guy for four <laughs> years, you know? But I knew it was about Venus and Serena because Richard was stubborn, as you could see in the movie. So, but the, the dynamic I had with Richard and the way Isha and even probably Venus and Serena, uh, it was all about we're on a mission. And once I went all in, I wasn't gonna be denied. denied. Whether this took 100,000 or $2 million or it took 10 years, you know, I was just committed and so was Richard because I saw something in those girls that I've never seen in my life. There was a rage when we, they competed and, uh, but the, they told the story, I'm telling you, it's so spot on, it, it literally blew me away. The attention to detail, the way they told the story, almost everything in there was so accurate. But I like that it showed uh, the concern and the love and the connection and the uniqueness of that relationship because it was more than just like, okay, I'm coaching you and you're done. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was much more than that. And uh, that made me feel great. I was talking to uh, another coach uh, a couple days ago and he was saying that it's great for him to now have this movie to show his kids about the level of hard work and dedication it takes to make a Venus or a Serena. Um, and obviously what, what they've done has been well documented for a long time and obviously now in this, in this very you know powerful format of this of this Hollywood big budget movie. Yeah. Um, how how much do you think what the Williamses did, uh, big or small things, are replicable for people, or how much was this sort of a, a unique unicorn situation that really you couldn't du duplicate if you tried? Okay. Well, first off, another amazing question because you got to understand since 1995, it's in the thousand that. I have the next Venus in Serena. You could imagine how many people- People telling you that. Oh yeah, it's just brutal. It's like, and it's unfortunate. And you could imagine even after the movie. Okay, and a lot of them want me to do it for free, just like I did it for them, okay? But to answer your question, it's a very unique situation. Simply because you not only had one, you had two. And they're gonna go down as two of the greatest players ever, and one's gonna be probably the greatest ever. So that in itself is unique. Richard and Orsine hit the genetic jackpot. Okay, very unique athletes, very different body types, yeah. but a lot of common threads, big, strong, fast, and, but the wiring, and that started at birth. That inner quality to just get a hold of you like a pit bull. And this is what people don't understand. Uh, and that's why 
they probably didn't need to even play the junior tournament, which by the way, in the movie, I didn't freak out about that. People thought it was like a big deal. It didn't matter to me, listen, because they were such brutal competitors. They didn't need to compete, but people, they need to learn how to win. People need to learn how to win and lose. They need to feel pressure. Um, so for people to take Richard's playbook, it shouldn't be like that. And people, as me as a coach, I could say, listen, I coach two of the greatest players of all time. Here's the formula. I've never done that. You got to compete. You got to learn how to win and lose. So many people have taken that playbook and it's kind of blown up. Because number one, you better have the goods or the thoroughbred, and then that's in the eye of the beholder. I tell everybody what you may see is different than Rick may see, okay? <laughs> so, so it's a very different thing. I didn't see it on Venus and Serena on the outside. I saw it on the inside. So when I evaluate talent, whether it be Sharapova or Capriati or Roddick or Moschino or Pierce or Kennan, you know, there's a lot more on the inside because the outside can be taught, the mechanics, the technical part, biomechanics. Um, so it's, it's, can it be done again? Absolutely. But you gotta make sure that a lot of boxers are checked and Venus and Serena in my eyes, because everything in life is in the eye of the beholder and evaluating talent is very tricky. Venus and Serena checked every box and they created a few more. And I knew hmm. what I could do. And it's actually good they didn't play tournaments because every Monday, instead of talking about a loss or some crazy junior parent, we're just developing and we're talking at 10, 11, 12, 13 about Hingis, about Steffi, about, you know, Martina. We're, we're talking like that. We're not talking girls 12. And like Venus said, she goes, Rick, I was just brainwashed to be number one. But to go talk like that to someone you got to make sure they have a few things in their pocket. So at the end of the day, I would suggest uh, it's about repetition. You need great coaching. You need to compete. And uh, the, the Venus and Serena thing uh, could be duplicated, maybe not the exact way, but you got to make sure you have a lot of those boxes checked genetically because that was a big starting point. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I want to ask about what happened on, on Sunday at the Oscars. Obviously, uh, the show opened with Venus and Serena opening the show and Beyonce performing on the yeah. court in Compton and everything was going great and then obviously this bizarre moment happens with, with Will Smith uh, going on stage and, and assaulting uh, Chris Rock after a joke. I just wondered for you personally or for sort of the King Richard sort of family that grew out of this this movie, this group, like how that's sort of been to the process to have this kind of really Hollywood ending, you know, for their story in a lot of ways, have this bizarre, you know, discordant note so yeah. on this big stage, what that's been like for you. Um, you know, first off, it's unfortunate. Yeah. It's beyond bizarre because it, this is such a feel-good situation. And the, think about it. The guy won an Oscar, and the movie was up for movie of the year. So there's so many amazing things about the story. It's a masterpiece. And I even said the first time I saw the movie, Will was going to win an Oscar. It, this whole thing was amazing. And what happened, uh, now why it happened I have no idea. And everybody can speculate and come up with crazy ideas. But one thing I know about Hollywood, when you're an amazing actor, you start uh, getting so into the character. And like I said with Will, you gotta understand, he had the, the walk, the talk, the mannerisms, the idiosyncrasies, the nuances, the subtleties. 
he became Richard Williams. Yeah. And this was like for a long time because this movie took a long time because of the pandemic. And one of the things you saw in the movie was remember when Richard Venus was getting interviewed mm -hmm. in my office back in 1994. It's a real moment, yeah. A real moment. Yeah. And the guy kept pressing Venus about the confidence. Can you beat him? And Richard blew a gasket because he was just a staunch defender of his family. And he was like that in many walks of, of this episode that happened throughout their career. I see him, he was always defending. So initially, when Chris Rock said that, Will was laughing from what I saw. And then all of a sudden you see him walk up on stage. Now, whether uh, he, I don't know, you, you just don't know why he did that, because unfortunate that he did that, because it kind of puts a stain on everything. Yeah. But I think we all got to take a step back. He has to own it. That's Will's thing. But at the end of the day, the movie's a masterpiece. What Richard Williams did and the way this movie came across to inspire people and motivate people, and not just tennis people, just that you can do it. If you look at the brutal way that this happened, um, it's beyond, you can't make this stuff up. It's beyond insanity. So I think we got to kind of put it in a box. You know, Will's saying he has to own it, but that shouldn't take anything away from the movie. Uh, you obviously were very close to this Williams family story, but I'm curious, there have been a few more tennis movies getting made lately. There was the Battle of the Sexes movie with Billie Jean King, a couple other, Bore McEnroe movie was made over in Sweden. Uh, is there a tennis story that you would like to see be the next sort of big uh, Hollywood endeavor? I don't know if it's obviously, you know, Jennifer Capriati very well is one that comes to mind being in this environment, uh, or anything else that you think is sort of like, but tennis has so many great stories. Uh, that's something else that maybe you would like to see get, get done. Well, first off, that's another great question. And you beat me to the answer. Okay. It would be Jennifer Capriati. Yeah. And this is the only thing about the movie that they should have done differently. You know, uh, they use Jennifer in a certain way, yeah. okay? Because obviously there's a link with Rick Macy and me having her as a... Good afternoon, she, everyone. Welcome to Rick Macy Tennis Center. Academy kids. You're probably going to get the King Richard song playing. <laughs> Should we wait? Yeah. The whole song? Yeah, the price. Okay. You know, I don't know what's happening. It's fine. It's actually, this is actually somewhat on topic, this okay. song. So, yeah. So, but the fact that you ask, that's the only thing. You know, I had Capriati, and at 12 years old, she won the 18s in 1988. And that record still stands today. She was the most dominant junior player ever. Great fundamentals by the late, great Jimmy Everett. Had her racket back in the parking lot, low center of gravity, the ball was on a string. So they used that, um, and obviously that was a conduit for Richard to know about Rick Macy. But people forget. Then when they showed that they thought she burned out or got in trouble or all that nonsense that happened, they should have put in the credits this. She disappears, goes off the tour, ends up, what, 180 in the world. But here's the story, and this is the comeback kid. This is the story that should be told. She comes all the way back. No one thought she could. Everybody threw her under the bus. No one thought, everybody thought she was toast. You don't have magic at 14, and you, don't, you lose confidence. You lose the physical fitness, but you don't lose the technique. You can get that back. And even all through this with Stefano and her, I always told him, because we stayed close, 
that she can come back. I even work with her a little bit, okay? And once she started winning, got to 80, to 50, to 40, she came back all the way to number one, won a gold medal in the Summer Olympics, yeah. won two Grand Slams. Three. Three, won three Grand Slams. Yeah. This is what people don't understand. So when and for a young girl, young lady, they're more sensitive with the media. It's a little harder for them maybe to take a punch than a guy. So for her to disappear like she did, and she was very much shy and gun shy of the media, to come all the way back, that is Rocky Balboa. That is the comeback story. And if there's any story that should be told in tennis, the Jennifer Capriotti story, I think would inspire and motivate people. Because listen, we all make mistakes, just like Will made a mistake. We all fail. We all, you're gonna mess up. Even if you're a parent, you're gonna make mistakes. Everybody's gonna fail and you're gonna have speed bumps. It's not a straight line to the mountaintop. The Jennifer Capriotti story, I think would blow people away because a lot of people don't even know who she is. A lot of people don't even know it, but it's real, it's true, and I, I'd love to see it. That would be amazing. Have you spoken to her about the movie or any, recently? No, I actually sent her uh, an email because I did something on YouTube about what we just talked about. And, and I talked about me training her, and I talked about how I wish they'd have put that in the movie. And uh, it kind of, the whole thing about the way she was portrayed, her, her and her mom a little disappointed in that, to say the least, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, uh, I think that even for her, I think it would be, no, I think it would be like a lot of closure, and I think it would be like refreshing for someone to do a movie about her life. And uh, who knows, I might go home tonight and send her an email and just put the bug in her ear because I th it's, it's real and it's true. And you can't get better than real and true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And to come, not come back and say, oh, I got top 10. I became number one and I won three grand slams. You can't make this stuff up. And I think that would inspire so many people just like the King Richard movie. Yeah, no, even a movie or a book, must write a book about what she went through, something, anything. I mean, her story is definitely still remains untold. Huge. Her version of it yeah. remains untold. Obviously, like you said, the media was weighing in for uh, a long time there. Uh, Rick, thank you very much no uh, for your time here, and congratulations on, on all this uh, this sort of your own Hollywood adventure here. Yeah, I hope, yeah. I hope, you, I hope you've enjoyed the ride. It's been yeah, a crazy every, ride. Listen, every, everything's, uh, everything's been great, and it just keeps getting better. And uh, I tell people ask me all the time, they go, Rick, Who's your favorite student of all time? And I, I've told him the same thing my whole life. Who's ever on the other side of the net? That hour, that minute, that second. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. So thank you to Rick Macy and thank you all for listening to No Challenges Remaining. As we told our Patreon backers in a message yesterday, we decided to pause our Patreon crowdfunding efforts for the near future starting in April. Uh, I'm deep into working on a book project this year. Uh, I'm you didn't hear i'm writing a book about naomi osaka i'm very excited about it it's a lot of work and we are just not confident that we'll be able to deliver ncr with the sort of robust regularity the backers would deserve for their support uh, so the show is not going away ncr is not disappearing but it may become a bit more sporadic this year time will tell we don't know but wanted to just not feel like we were shortchanging you guys as much as possible so all of that said thank you for listening and we'll see you soon, I hope. Bye, folks. Don't slap people.
Bye.